Greetings, welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday. Today we're going to do both the readings for Ash Wednesday and the first Sunday in Lent. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Pearson. And the Gospel reading for Ash Wednesday comes to us from St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have the re received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And when your Father who sees in secret will reward you, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Through this gospel lesson, we see where we truly place the effort, the rewards of our efforts, as we hear our Lord saying at the end, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do we look for the glory of men? Do we look for praise? Do we want to look good in front of other people? Do we put money in the offering plate only to nudge our neighbor and say, guess how much money I put into the offering plate? Do we pray really long and poetic prayers so that we'll get complimented? These are the things that our Lord is saying not to do. We are to pray in secret so that our Father in secret will see. We are to do things because that's what we are. We're children of God. We are those who are made and created in our baptism to do what is right according to our faith. These are the things that simply flow in and what and who we are. We do good works because they have already been done in us and upon us. We act in the mercy of God because God has acted mercifully on us. Our Lord is giving us a, a dire warning. Be careful what you do and what your motivations for what you're doing are. Live out your faith and trust that the Lord sees and knows what you're doing. And with that, it really creates this wonderful sense of comfort 
If we just live our baptismal life, truly just trusting that salvation is ours in Christ, forgiveness is ours in Christ, and forever is ours in Christ, we just simply get to live receiving these great and wondrous gifts and continuing to struggle against sin, the temptations of this world, so that we truly get to hold on to the great and wondrous works our Lord gives and promises. The Old Testament lesson for Ash Wednesday is from the prophet Joel, and he says the same thing. He says, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Simply with your being, with who and what you are, worship, praise, thank, and live in the promises that God has given to you. The gospel lesson for the first Sunday in Lent comes to us from Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All of this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. In this short passage, we see Jesus, right after his baptism, right before he begins his public ministry, proclaiming who he is as the Son of God. And more than that, proclaiming what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be one of God's beloved children, a creature who has all of their needs provided by God. As Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And our Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Lent calls us back to those first children of God, Adam and Eve, who were created by his word. They're in the Garden of Eden, the place created by his word, just a couple chapters prior. And chapter 3, of course, as we know, is the fall, when they fall into temptation, when they're tempted by the devil and they eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. We have this contrast then between Adam and Eve and Jesus. Adam and Eve, through whom sin comes into the world because of the temptation uh, that they succumbed to in the garden, and the same tempter tempting our Lord, but Christ in his perfection, in his perfect living as a child of God, does not succumb to temptation, but overcomes temptation by quoting the word of God right back at the devil. And this idea of living in the midst of temptation as a child of God 
is something that the 20th century uh, German theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer takes up in his book Creation and Fall. It's this really interesting, very poetic interpretation of Genesis 1 through 3. And in it, he, he draws this whole concept of living as a child of God, being living within the gifts that God has given you and the place that God has made for you in his creation. And he makes the point that to reach outside of what God has given you is what temptation is. Temptation is really to say, I understand that God has given me all I need to support this body and life. He richly and daily provides for me, and yet I want something more. I want something else. I think there's something not only that I want, but something that might be beneficial for me outside of what God has already given me or outside of what God has told me I need. But we see Christ living within that structure perfectly, living with what God has given and saying, I know that God has provided for me and I don't need to reach outside of what my father has given to be tempted by whatever the devil might offer me because I know in the end it just leads to death. I think that is a, a really interesting correlation. We have Jesus in the gospel lesson for Ash Wednesday, and he's actually saying that. I will give you all your rewards if you just live out in trust. Pray like I'm listening to you. Give alms like I see you. Go and be who and what you are in your baptism. Don't reach out for the praise of men. Don't do this so that you get the nice pat on the back. I, I really like the whole live and trust. I will provide. I will keep you. And especially with the, the gospel lesson for the Ash Wednesday, it's all about salvation. It's all about God and his providence for faith and life that is in the faith and mercy that God continues to provide. It's all about what we are in baptism. It's all about what God has given to us in Christ. And do we live a cruciformed life in that? Or do we reach out of that? Do we try to be world-like? Because, well, it's more enjoyable. It tastes good. It feels good. It looks good. Or do we do what has been placed before us? The work of the Christian. The life of faith. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Anytime you bring up um, almsgiving or um, doing good works or any of these things that Jesus talks about in our reading for Ash Wednesday, um, you have to wrestle with the philosophical question of altruism. Um, am I actually doing this for the sake of doing a good thing or am I doing this because I want to be commended? And it's interesting because as Christians, we kind of have an out in that. We can say, I do this because the Lord has told me to do it. I would never do this of my own accord. And so are my intentions pure? Well, as long as I'm doing it to serve the Lord, I can confidently say, yes, I'm doing this to serve the Lord. And I'm doing this to live as a child of God. And to bring that to the gospel lesson for the first Sunday in Lent, that's what it is to, to live a life that defies temptation to live a life that pushes against the assaults of the devil that we see every single day to live this purified cruciform life like you're talking about 
it does draw attention to us. It really does. People may commend us. They may um, deride us for what we do and the way we live our lives as Christians. But we can go forth with the confidence of saying, I'm just following the will of my Father. I'm not doing this for any reason other than to be a child of God. And there's a measure of comfort in that, I think. On Ash Wednesday, we will receive the imposition of ashes, and we're, remembered, we're reminded that from dust we were created, and dust we shall return. But we know that's not the end. Yes, death may come, but we have the promise, the full assurance, and we live in that certainty and that hope that you were speaking about. So with all confidence, we move forward in the life that God continues to provide. We will have our Ash Wednesday service on the 26th, both at 4 p.m. and 7 p.m., with a meal in between. We also meet every Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 8 and 10.30. God's peace and blessings be upon you in this Lenten Tide.